Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you'd like me to touch your meat. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'll stop. And now we don't have anything to talk about for an intro. I just have good, good material for intros. I'm in the middle of giving myself a shot. You can use that for an intro. What kind of shot? <laughs> Steroid shot. <laughs> Steroids. <laughs> Did you take did you take Danner's insulin again? Oh shit. You know what? I realized why I didn't work the needle very well. It's one of those ones that when it finishes, it automatically shoots back into into like have you seen those where they just shoot back into yeah. the thing and retract? Uh, you know what I do for a living, right? Uh you tell people you're a doctor. <laughs> isn't, isn't that what you do for a living? Anyway, so tell us uh, uh tell us more about how you would make a terrible drug addict. Um <laughs> uh, So, yeah, I don't really know how to administer a shot that well. So I would obviously not be one for intravenous drug use. So, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, though. No, no, no. I, I You know, it's a tender mercy probably from the Lord. <laughs> probably. I think that um, as an addiction medicine specialist, I can certainly say that you not knowing how to work a needle incredibly well is probably a bonus for you and not, not a bad thing at all. No, no. Yeah, well, I'll there, tell you you go. What, there you have I it. I can work a needle even less than you can. So <laughs> we're good. We're good over here. <laughs> we're good. We're, yeah. we're good with it. Mirrors on the ceiling, they pink champagne on ice. And she said, We are all just prisoners here of our own device. And in the master's chambers, Gathered for the feast They stab it with their stealing eyes But they just can't kill the beast Good day or bad, there's always time to be social Welcome to the Social Hall Podcast My name is Christian Judd Seated across from me virtually, as always, is Andrew McCullough Andrew, what's up, buddy? Uh, not much. Good to be back. I feel like I've been uh, off the pod for a couple of weeks. Well, yeah, it's been, been a week. I mean, I did say, as always, you had to take a week off for a very important business meeting, which we will be releasing the information for soon. Um, yep, yep. But um, yeah, it's good to have you back, man. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, we brought a special guest with us. Do you want to introduce? Yeah, um, this is... Uh, part two, uh, uh, her appearance, making her second appearance on the pod. And that's the one, the only Michelle Bodkin. Michelle, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I feel so bad that you guys have like hit the bottom of the barrel. And <laughs> the bottom of the barrel? <laughs> Here we are again. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> We, we're over here thinking that we had a great old time with spoons and everything the last time you were here. <laughs> and we wanted more. Yeah, definitely. The, the crowd, that was a crowd favorite. Uh, Real yeah. crowd pleaser over here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Big spoon, I can fit more in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, Infamous crowd moment over here. We will make sure that everybody never forgets that quote. Well, it's a very important quote. So I hope it goes in like history books and people learn about this. It is a very important quote. But you know what? Andrew actually wrote some very important quotes this week. He's, he's coming up and wanting to join you in the ranks of writing. I know. I know some quotes in there from his article that he wrote. Andrew, tell us a little bit about that. How did that, how did that come to be? Yeah, it's just one of those things, um, as many people may uh, realize or may not realize, uh, most of what I do um, for a living is actually writing. Um, now, granted, it's far more boring and um, a lot more expensive than my writing for Zone, but it's writing nonetheless. And I wanted to 
I wanted to find an outlet uh, for some of my creativity, uh, and writing was the was the uh, was the one that kind of I thought would would do best. So, kind of linked up with the uh, the Youth Zone uh, team, and I'll be writing some some pieces for them. And uh, as long as they'll have me, mm-hmm. I'll probably be contributing a, a little bit. I'm as sure long as there's as problem. long as there's more attenuated analogies, tired cliches, and unnecessary hyperbole, I will be a forever reader. Oh my God, he does have the quote. Yeah, he does. Oh, I don't mess around. <laughs> yeah, and there will be a lot of you know angsty, awkward coming of age stories as we uh, explore my my writing. <laughs> More about Chad. Hashtag Chad's basement. <laughs> Chad's basement. I was I was the, the part I was most proud about that was. <laughs> was calling Tucson the Chad's basement of the Pac-12 because it just, we all know that's the truth. Yeah, and maybe, for sure. may, maybe Arizona State could have, would have been a better fit for Chad's basement, but. Uh, I was going to say, I was never invited to Chad's basement, so I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, we've all metaphorically been in Chad's basement once or twice. It's, I have I've definitely have been, been in Chad's basement. Yeah, yeah, I've been in a Chad's basement. You know, I'm I'm thinking that maybe um that is what you call your series of writing is just Chad's basement. Well, welcome to Chad's basement. Every single this every week. single week that you write an article, you just call it Chad's basement. Yeah, this week in Chad's basement. That's uh, actually I've, feature. I've I've published two pieces for them. Um, if you haven't checked them out, um, you should. I think they're pretty funny. Those are available for for free on Ute Zone. Yes. Yeah, for for free for now. Uh, so get them while you can, and they're worth e- every penny. So <laughs> every every single cent. So. Yeah, um, but so. you know, speaking of Arizona, then. Whew, yeah. Um, I uh, I think that we all did not expect to see what we saw. Uh, Michelle, what did it look like for you out there? You know, it it almost in a way looked like a repeat of Oregon State. Uh, the way I kind of took it is this team has been running high, 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 high. And then it's like they hit this period where they finally breathe. And it doesn't, it doesn't look exactly how we're used to it. It wasn't horrible per se, but it just was not as clean. It, that it wasn't as well executed. And then you add in, you know, what was going on with the stripes and it just, it made for a very uncomfortable game. Uh, Someone compared it to uh, New Mexico back in the 2008 season where Utah was rolling, rolling, rolling. And they all of a sudden kind of hit this brick wall and it was some adversity and they had to work extra hard, harder than they should have against New Mexico to get over that hump and eventually, you know, make it to bigger things. I liked that comparison for this team. Um, it, it did kind of feel a lot like that game reminded me a lot of that game. And so it'll be interesting to see. I think it came at a good time. I, I would much rather, you know, see them struggle against a team like that, that they could still have those hiccups and come out on top than a team like Oregon that is every bit as talented, if not perhaps more talented. And, you know, it would be able to overcome and overtake Utah because of those mistakes. Yeah. And Andrew, I mean, you gave an excellent analysis in your article, Um, you know, kind of, kind of give us a summary of what your thoughts are on, on what you saw. And then we'll just kind of have a quick chat about that. Yeah. I, frankly, I forgot what I wrote. I've written (laughs) 10,000 words since I wrote those ones. Um, But I think Michelle just hit it really nail on the head. They've been running, you know, really well. They came out kind of struggled a little bit, um, especially defensively. Uh, again, that it's just mind-boggling in the sense that our our punt team, uh, our punt protection team was actually left on the tarmac in Salt Lake City. I just I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Uh, but apparently they did not travel with the team because once again Utah had another punt uh, blocked and returned for a touchdown, which was unfortunate. 
Um, one of the things I actually like um, about what happened was kind of to Michelle's point, it's one of those games where you could struggle and just due to the inferior nature of the opponent could still win. And Kyle Whittingham will talk to, has talked about this in the past. Uh, you'll kind of hear him talk about it um, when Utah struggles with a, a team that gets out with a win. He says sometimes that's uh, a great opportunity to come down a little bit. Um, I won't say harder on the kids, but, but to, to push them a little bit harder because uh, sometimes after a loss, you kind of, you know, he'll kind of say, Hey, you kind of got to, you know, you got to make sure that you're not, you know, they're not you're kicking them while they're down, so to speak, but uh, a week where you get the win, but you also present a whole host of opportunity areas um, to work on. So it might actually prove to be a, a good thing long run. It's kind of like, you know, they always talk about in the NCAA tournament, you know, a team loses one right before the tournament and it says, Hey, kind of get the monkey off the back, get the refocused. Uh, of course, Utah did not lose. They won. Um, you know, they were able to go on what I just absolutely uh, loved. And that was a 15 play drive that took eight and a half minutes off the clock. Yeah. Resulted in a touchdown. just a thing of beauty. Um, just some, some smash mouth football, some, some timely passes, some great, there was a third and four, uh, third and short pickup and a fourth and short pickup. Uh, and, and we actually saw a Utah quarterback uh, go under center and a QB sneak, a successful QB sneak, which we haven't seen since, you know, Lord knows when. So all things considered, I actually think it might have been a good kind of a, you know, one of those quote unquote blessings in disguise as my mother likes to call them. Um, in that the Utes, this gives the youths the, the ability to refocus uh, and get ready for, for the matchup this week. So the matchup this week, we have um, Oregon on who, you know, like they, they won by 14 points, but against Washington State, I feel like both teams should have won their, their respective games by much larger margins. So it kind of makes you wonder – what are we going to see on Saturday? Well, uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion um, that maybe both teams were looking ahead a little bit last week Probably. in getting ready for what is the, uh, no doubt, uh, Pac-12 game of the year between the top two um, uh, teams, programs in the Pac-12. Uh, I said it in my in – my, uh, my latest article for you zone. This isn't just the top two teams this year. These are the top two programs in the PAC 12 right now going head to head this Saturday. Um, and I, I'll die on that Hill, whatever. It's, it's just, it's an objective fact. The last four PAC 12 title games, um, or, you know, including this year is, is likely to have featured six of those eight spots claimed um, three Utah, three for Oregon. And, these, these are the programs that are running the Pac-12 North and South respectively at the moment. So I think we might have had a little bit of, hey, what's, what's on next week's um, agenda on our mind last Saturday. So we'll see what we, um, if that's the case or whether both teams um, maybe are just a little more mortal than we think. Yeah, um, I think that you're not wrong at all about probably having a more conservative play. You know, we didn't see Tavion Thomas um, and I don't know about you, Michelle, but I, I honestly feel like it was kind of, it was kind of dialed back a bit. I, I mean, it's one of those things, why not kind of rest some of your guys and make sure that everybody's good to go for a game that, you know, it, it means a lot. It, it means a little bit more rather than potentially risking injuries or, or, or you know, just even fatigue. I mean, you're, you're kind of at that point in the season where guys are just tired. And so if you could dial it back and still win, you know, why, why wouldn't you for either team really? Uh, and, and that probably is a large part of what we saw last week from both Oregon and Utah. I, I will also say having watched both quite consistently, you know, through this season, Oregon is a very, very good football team, as is Utah, but they're, I wouldn't qualify either as being like 
one of the top tier teams. They, they have their moments where they look invincible and then they have their moments where they do look mortal and they look beatable. And so it's going to be a matter of, you know, who shows up with their, with their A game on Saturday. And it could be both. It could be one, it could be none. Uh, and it's, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Uh, there's been breakdowns that, Utah and Oregon are very, very similar, both offensively and defensively. I think the one thing that separates them a little bit is special teams. Uh, and I think that falls a little more in favor of the Ducks than it does Utah. And so it, like I said, it just, it'll be interesting to see who brings their best game and, you know, who can eliminate the mistakes more because that, that's what's going to decide this game, I think. Absolutely. Andrew, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, so I, I, I agree a lot with what Michelle just said. Um, I would put a little bit of a caveat on, I think neither of these teams is um, maybe quote-unquote dominant, yeah. um, but I do think they are as good as, as, if we exclude Georgia, I think they're as good as just about any team in the country. Um, I, I, I think the biggest difference is, um, you know, a lot of the teams in the, you know, the, the big 10 and even the sec, um, they're beating down some of these opponents, but, um, there's just not the parody. I mean, that's, I think the PAC 12 gets penalized for it year in and year out. Um, but there's just not a, a ton of terrible teams. Of course we do have Arizona, um, and we do have Cal this year, but, but, you know, even, even look at that, you know, uh, UCLA took. Uh, took down LSU and frankly they kind of took them behind the woodshed and Oregon went into the the horseshoe and they took down Ohio State in pretty convincing fashion and so I, I think the Pac-12 gets a little unfairly penalized on that but I think everything else uh, Michelle said was, was really spot on and I think um, as far as bringing the A game uh, I think the reality is this game is going to be decided in the trenches um, most games are but this game especially um, my preview piece is going to touch on this a lot tomorrow. Um, but the reality is the Utes are going to have their toughest test of the season in defensive end, Kayvon Thibodeau, who is just an absolute Adonis of a human being. Um, he's maybe one of the most freakishly athletic um, defensive ends that uh, Utah has ever played. Um, no, no, no man that's that big should be that fast and that quick. Mm -hmm. It just, it's, it's frankly, it's unfair. Um, but it is what it is. And Utah's offensive line may be a little, uh, shorthanded this week. Um, we know that, you know, Braden Daniels wasn't able to finish, um, the game last week. And so, you know, that's, uh, you know, next man up, but, uh, Bama Deliola Seni is going to have his hands full at times out there on the edge. Uh, this is one of those games where you really hope, in my uh, opinion, you really hope that Tavion Thomas can go because he is one of the better uh, blocking running backs and a, a little bit more physical than Utah's other running backs. And the running backs are really going to need to chip on, um, on Kayvon. One, one area of opportunity I really think, though, uh, for Utah is, in my estimation, uh, Utah has the best um, – blocking tight ends in the country and so Kayvon Thibodeau he's been facing a lot of double teams um, but they've been tackles and and then inferior blocking tight ends than what he will see this weekend and so that is my one kind of uh, area of, of, of hope as far as it comes to the Kayvon Thibodeau thing um, but Utah's offensive line needs to have a chip on their shoulder they have been playing well um, uh, as of late so let's keep that train rolling hopefully uh, you know health is on our side and you know, we're able to have all our players go, but uh, in the event that we don't, the guys that are going are going to have to step up and uh, really play a clean, fundamentally sound game. I mean, it's just, it's great that you've got still all of our key players are, are uh, running backs, Makai Bernard, TJ Pledger, uh, Tavion Thomas, they'll all be able to put some numbers on the board. Um, Vegas right now, they have it uh, three point spread. So I, I think that we're all on the same track here with that. Um, it's going to come down to, you know, who can hold onto the ball and, and um, get things, get, you know, get things moving and, and stick to the game plan and it works for them. 
I mean, any, any mistakes, I feel like it'll cost either team. Mm -hmm. I've always said this game in particular, I feel like has always been determined by whoever makes the other team play their game plan. Cause I feel like they, they do slightly different things. I feel like Utah's a little more physical, typically speaking, and Oregon's a little more athletic. And so it's whoever can make the other team play their game is usually the one that comes out with the W. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, who can assert their will and, and get the other to have to match whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. Um, it, it's anyone's guess. The other thing I really like for Utah is that it is a later game. They'll, it, they'll be playing under the lights and you know what, RES, y'all bring it under mm -hmm. the lights. And so that atmosphere is going to be absolutely nuts between the time frame And I think the uniforms too add a little bit to the mystique of the game. So it, it should be a good time. Should be fun. Just, um, you know, I brought up mistakes. You two didn't bite. So I'll bring it up myself. I just don't want to see any more. Kay I don't want to see a Kaling clay drop. <laughs> I just don't. If yeah, and, and Tavion Thomas, uh, he's one that likes to um, do the the uh, kind of let the ball drop um, in the end zone type type thing. And so yeah, that's one thing that should be on the radar is is make sure that you hand that ball to the official. Hand the ball to um, the ref. <laughs> you know, if I if I was if I was uh, Kyle Whittingham um, after that uh, unfortunate error. I would have told my team, you hand the ball to the ref or you, you're going to sit the next series. I thought that there was word going around that, he, that they did. They did. They literally did. So the next weekend, I think they went up to Palo Alto and played Stanford. Yeah. And you literally mm -hmm. saw every single player concertedly yeah. hand the ball over to the ref. Making it very obvious. It was, it was really I, obvious. I still remember that game uh, came down to overtime. and uh -huh. Double overtime. Yeah, double overtime, and our boy Kenny Scott caught the game-winning touchdown, he and uh, he he kind of did that little pitch, like shuffle right to the ref with the ball after. <laughs> and I remember my dad saying, "Yeah, maybe he should have hung on to it just a second longer, <laughs> just to make sure, <laughs> just to be a hundred percent sure." Yeah, it just that's one that'll haunt you fans forever. As as long as we live, we're gonna be like, hand the ball to the official. Yeah. Either way, I'm just pumped. Big day, big game. Should be fun. Everywhere I go, catch me on the block like a Mutombo. 750 Lambo in the Utah snow. Trunk in the front like the shit done boy. Yeah. Cut the roof off like a nip touch. Pull up to the house with some big butts. Turn the kitchen counter to a strip club. Me and Dre came for the. When I got quiet, all of y'all disappeared. Before I dropped Sony, none of y'all really care. Now they always say congratulations to the kid. And this is not a 40, but I'm pouring out this shit. You serve a lot, but I got more now. We're back with uh, Chris's favorite segment. Everybody's favorite segment. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody. Um, that's Doc Talk. It's where we get to tell people that we're doctors. I am a. Uh, uh, doctorate of jurisprudence, um, uh, Christian, uh, doctor, uh, nurse practitioner, uh, focusing on the, uh, the mental health and substance abuse counseling. And, uh, Michelle already has one doctorate, but, uh, Christian, has she gone back to school and got herself a second doctorate? Um, unfortunately she hasn't, but I feel oh, like, no. I feel like she's the type of person where, you know, she, she received her, her doctorate, um, which was in, remind us again, Michelle. Sports storytelling. Sports storytelling. <laughs> I think it's one of my favorite doctorates that we've given. Um, that it's kind of, it needs to just stay solidified in that. Um, okay. So she's just doing some post-grad uh, work. Doing some post-grad work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, man. But, um, you know, we, this is our final episode before Thanksgiving. And so, you know, we're all getting ready. All those um, insane people that need to schedule an appointment with me are out there throwing up their Christmas uh, Christmas decorations and everything. But we'll try not to judge too harshly. But um, we decided Shots tonight. Fired. We decided tonight that we wanted to talk about. Um, the more formality of Thanksgiving, and that is, um, what do you feel like 
is the most appropriate attire for Thanksgiving. You know, everybody has their own choices. You know, it's kind of a lazy day, but it could be a fancy day. So we thought we'd give it to you, Michelle, to start us out. Um, since you've got your shoe game so strong. So strong. Wanted yeah. to know it, what your thoughts were and, and we'll we'll break it down on what is the proper Thanksgiving attire. Oh man, I say stretchy, comfy clothes because I plan on grabbing the big spoon. <laughs> so I can fit more in my mouth. <laughs> That's it. Hey, in the podcast, we don't the, say anything more. Wow. I'm wondering if I can um, get an invite over to Michelle's house for Thanksgiving, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm sure you would be welcome. Uh, it's, welcome. You know, Everybody seems to have this idea about me that I always dress to the nines and it is like really not true. Like I can, I can, I feel like nobody can beat me here in Utah. Like, yeah, I'm going to be cocky like that, but like, but like day to day, like sweatpants and, and sweatshirts, like reign supreme. If I could wear that just about every day, I would. So. I mean, I, I don't know if we should reveal, but the truth of the matter is that you are wearing a sweatshirt and sweatshirt I am. currently. Yes. But you are rocking And it. my sweatshirt says alpha on it, by the way. Because you are an alpha female. <laughs> because I am an alpha. Totally. Yes. Totally. <laughs> so Andrew, what do you think about Thanksgiving attire? Do you go fancy? Do you keep it uh, Michelle Bodkin style? Well, right now I'm actually wearing uh, my my hoodie and it uh unfortunately it doesn't say alpha it actually says uh beta from for me because i'm a i'm a beta man uh, so, uh no you know i am i don't want to say fancy um but i think my definition of that word and others definitions of that word may be a little bit different um but very much uh you know business casual in the sense that you know i'll go with a button-up shirt and um you know a sweater and, and then some, some nice, nicer slacks, uh, you know, like maybe if I was going to like a business luncheon or something along those lines, uh, similar attire to that. Now, one of the issues is, um, I routinely on years that I host or years that I'm, uh, up at my mom's house, I will, um, I'm really hands-on, especially with the, the meats. Um, and so you're hands-on uh, with the meat. Very much. You know what I, just I like to get, yeah, I like to get, uh, get the, get my hands all over the meat and uh, make sure it's nice and tender, but, um, you know, but I'll smoke the turkey. I'll, uh, last year I uh, did a brisket as well as a turkey. Um, sorry, my dogs are barking and I'm super annoying, but, uh, um, because you're talking I, about me. Yeah, no, they know, they know. And so, um, so then you can get really smoky smelling. And so, um, you know, I'll just usually be wearing some shorts, uh, I live in, um, you know, one of the greatest climates on earth. And so I'll be routinely smoking my turkey in shorts and uh, flip-flops. But then I'll go, uh, you know, as the, the, the meat is resting, I'll go take a shower really quick, get dressed up. Uh, but I like to do it a, a little bit classier, um, you know, not super high, uh, high end, but, uh, you know, just enough to show a little reverence for the, uh, the day that is uh, Thanksgiving. So I'm with oh, you. Wow. I, I'm, if I'm, I don't, I, I, if I'm in my house, I'm more, I'm more up Michelle's lane where I'm just wearing a hoodie and, and some sweatpants. My hoodie, you, you have alpha Michelle, Andrew, you have uh, beta. Mine just says <laughs> I'm only here so I won't get fined. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of the route that I go for a lot of times, but like if I'm going to somebody's house, um i'm definitely going like a button-up shirt and and either like nice jeans or or some slacks um so i don't know like i i think that it could go either way i've never done it in my house um we're currently working on some remodeling so maybe in the future we will have some more formal um you know thanksgiving dinners that we host in our home but i don't know i think it could go either way but um if I had some Jimmy Choo's, I would definitely wear those. <laughs> well, I don't have Jimmy Choo's, so there's that. 
<laughs> and uh, to be quite frank, th- like this is literally how Thanksgiving goes at m- my house. <laughs> is uh, there was one year where uh, Fat Bottom Girl came on the radio, and my brother and I started singing it at the table in front of my grandparents, <laughs> and my mom was absolutely mortified. That's so. <laughs> As a Thanksgiving meal should be. You know, we, we keep it really, really classy. <laughs> classy, the classiest. Well, um, oh, classy. <laughs> thanks, everyone for, thanks, everyone, for listening to this uh, segment of Doc Talk. And, you know, you're going to dress how you're going to dress. Uh, we have our opinions. You have yours. But we hope everybody enjoys their meat on this Thanksgiving. Oh! to the club like what up i got a big cock i'm just pumped i bought some shit from a thrift what? shop ice on the fringe is so damn frosty the people like damn that's a cold ass honky and we're back um we've got another week of great football um and returning to the pac-12 roundup pick em because he took a week off andrew is going to pick with michelle you two ready Sure. Born ready. We'll give it a go. Born ready. <laughs> First up, we've got a Friday night game. Arizona making their way up to Pullman to take take on Washington State. Who you got on these? Who's going first? You go first. Ladies first, of course. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, you guys are so polite. We are um, gentlemen. Uh, uh, I I. I think, you know, Washington, they both have kind of found their groove. I think Washington State has it together a little bit more still than Arizona, and it's in their house. So I'm going with the Cougs. Yeah, so um, Arizona has progressed from a, a tire fire inside of a dumpster fire uh, to just being a dumpster fire. So congrats to them. Congratulations um, however, on the win, you guys. Yeah, yeah. However, um, go ahead and give me the Cougs at, at home this weekend. Okay, moving on to Saturday, November 20th. Um, Washington taking on Colorado at 1 o'clock in Boulder. Who do you have on this one, Michelle? Ooh. That one's a good question. Who sucks less? <laughs> <laughs> right now Uh, yeah seriously oh man i think i'm gonna go with the home team again uh colorado colorado yeah um i'm gonna agree with michelle yeah i'm gonna agree with michelle not just because they're the home team but because the buffs have actually looked like they've kind of uh, hit a stride much like arizona um, you know, they, they've looked a little bit improved um, as of late. However, um, it's not so much that as it is uh, just what Michelle said, who's worse, and that would be the University of Washington. That uh, has progressed from a dumpster fire to a tire fire inside of a dumpster fire. Um, and that's very, pro- uh, very quickly progressing even worse. <laughs> Things are not good up uh, in, in Montlake. Um, no. it's, the, the program is top to bottom is a mess. Uh, frankly, in my estimation, they botched, uh, even, even the firing of their head coach, they didn't, they didn't quite get right. Um, and I don't think they have an administration that's really dedicated to the football program. I don't think their AD is quite, uh, uh, I don't know, just that's a, that's a bad situation up there right now. So give me the buffs, um, at home, uh, uh this week. All right, next up on the list, you've got um, what should be an interesting lineup between UCLA taking on USC in the Coliseum. Who, how are you feeling about this one, Michelle? Oh, man. <laughs> See, this is, <laughs> this is what's so great and awful about the Pac-12. Is you get to this point in the season 
and you just kind of want to throw your hands up and yes, be like, do. Jesus, take the wheel. Like, <laughs> like, like our friend Tyson Wagner said, somebody's got to win. I'm going to use that probably the rest of the season. Right. Thank yeah. you for that, Tyson. But, you know, you have to pick somebody. Okay, so it's, oh, man, it. UCLA at. I think UCLA no, has a UCLA, little more. I, I think UCLA cares a little bit more. I, I, I think USC has stopped caring since Utah waxed them in their house. <laughs> like they barely were caring then, and they really have not cared since then. That, yeah, yeah that's, I, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> yeah, I think Michelle's right. Uh, I loved her analogy of throwing your hands up and saying, Jesus, take the wheel. And of course, as our BYU fans are want to remind us, um, the Pac-12 does not allow religion uh, in the Pac-12, and so Jesus <laughs> isn't there to take the wheel. And so we just uh, we don't have anyone driving right now, and this thing is off the rails for the UCLA or for the, the Southern California schools. Um, but to Michelle's point, USC players have uh, completely given up. Um, you would think that they would, uh, you know, try to make a bowl game, but the reality is. Uh, my guess is these guys just want more time at the beach. So uh, give me the softest team in the Pac-12 in UCLA to beat the um, the mentally softest team in the Pac-12, USC. Interesting analysis. Um, <laughs> we could call it science take the wheel. Science take yeah. the wheel. Science That's a wheel. little more Pac-12, right? Like... It is, but the reality is, uh, as we all know, science just watches. So they just watch the car crash. So I think that uh, um, it's, not, your, it's not going to end well. Given your Twitter clout, I think that you can maybe get Carrie Underwood to, to record that one. <laughs> science take the wheel. All right, next up, um, Cal heading over to um, Stanford to take on whatever that is this week. Oh God. In the next matchup of someone has to win. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Michelle? Do you want a coin toss or? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oh man. I'm like trying to decide if Cal's going to have enough juice after their whole COVID mess thingy. Yeah. I mean, they should be healthy for this game. Right. You know, they, and they, Stanford they is off, but they Stanford should. is physically decimated. Yeah, um, no, they're in terrible shape. But Cal sucks, so it's really. Um, I I want to go with who wants it I, less. <laughs> I was going to say I think I this is another instance where I think it's a lot like USC or yeah UCLA and USC. I think Cal has a little more pride in what they do. I think they care a little bit more. Stanford doesn't give a damn. Right. These guys are getting one with whoever, whoever uh, cares a little bit more about losing. Yeah. uh, No, I I was going to say who wants it less. I'll pick them to to lose the game, but um, I don't know. uh, A lot of people know this. So my, uh, my great grandfather, um, uh, he went to law school. He was kind of that first generation of, of lawyers in my family. Um, he, he and all his uh, in-laws. Uh, but he went to uh, he went to Palo Alto and attended um, Stanford Law School, and he loved it out there so much. My grandfather was born um, there, and he was named Leland Stanford uh, McCullough after Leland Stanford, the um, you know the initial uh, donor that got uh, Stanford started. So. Just in memory of, of Grandpa, I'm going to go with uh, the Cardinal to to win to win the game. Fair enough. Up for Grandpa. Um, next up, uh, as far as we are concerned, is the 8:30 game on ESPN. ASU heading up to Research Stadium to take on Oregon State. Michelle, these guys are actually looking <laughs> like they're playing, so it should give you a little bit more to go on. See, now the hard part is we're getting to the teams that are actually caring. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, all and that's exactly week. it. Both both have the reasons for caring. Oregon State's having one of the best seasons they've had in forever. Uh, you know, they have an opportunity to potentially, potentially take the North title from Oregon if things fall out the right way, which means they have to win. And then 
meet Oregon the following week. Uh, and then ASU, of course, is still kind of in it for the South as well, if things mm-hmm. fall in place for them. So there's this game, there's a lot more motivation than some of the other ones. There is uh, something to play for, for sure. Something to play for. I mean, you could argue that there's more on the line with this game than the Utah-Oregon game. Oh, for sure. for Because sure. the team that loses that game, like, they're out of it for sure. They mm-hmm. don't have a chance. It's, it's over for them. Um, I... I think Oregon state has less problems going on and they are at home and Resser is a hard place to play. So I, I will lean Oregon state on this. Is, is that how you say it? Resser is. How is Resser, I don't know. It's three different ways. It's the it's the brand that makes the like the the, the, the terrible potato salad. salad. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, good for them. Um, I think that Michelle is right in this. I think the uh, the Beavers are playing pretty well. Um, uh, I like them to uh, you know beat uh, beat the Sun Devils. Arizona State did not look great. Um, they almost let uh, the University of Washington uh, beat them, which you know is just a really uh, a hard thing to do is to lose to that team. So uh, uh, give me the, the Oregon Beavers. I'm not going to give a pun this week because I would like them to win so that regardless of uh, the outcome of the Utah-Oregon game, um, we'll all know that we'll be in Vegas, uh, you know, two weekends after for a rematch. So give me uh, give me the Beavers over uh, over the Devils. Go Beavs. All right, last up on the list, 530 on ABC. Um, we're, we will all be at Rice Eccles. Um, so it doesn't really matter what station it's on, but Michelle, give us a, a score prediction. Man, here's the thing about this game is I can see it being a hard fought close loss like Utah, Oregon state a few weeks back. Or I can see it being more along the lines of an ass kicking a la USC. I'm not sure which team is going to show up. Uh, I, I will, I will lean towards Utah just because it's at home. And I think the environment's really good. I think they're not very happy, satisfied with how they played the week before. And I think it matters because the season just matters a little bit more. They're, it, it's, they're playing for a lot more than just themselves. And I think you'll fill that on the field Saturday. Close, close-ish game, 30, 31-27 Utah. Okay. Andrew. Yeah. Um, I like where Michelle's head's at on this. Um, you know, uh, Oregon Ducks, number three team in the country coming into Rice Eccles stadium. That place is going to be a hornet's nest, um, on, on Saturday, going to be loud as hell. Um, the must is going to be loud. The North end zone is going to be loud. Um, you know, this, the, the West side stadium, those fans are going to be there. Um, they'll be present watching the game. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, in, in all reality, it's going to be a fantastic game. Statistically, these teams are very, very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally mm-hmm. – uh, in my article that's going to drop tomorrow, you'll see just how close these teams really are um, statistically. That being said, I think that uh, Oregon has – they have the talent. Um, they have Kayvon Thibodeau. They have speed. They have the die kid that feels like he's been there as long as Brent Covey's been at Utah, but uh, – you know, maybe that's just a you know optical illusion on my my end, but uh, just feels like Oregon has a lot of talent. So going into the fourth quarter, it's going to be a really close game. I think Oregon's going to be up probably 24-21, um, and Utah's going to blank them in the fourth, 17 zip. Utah's going to get out of this game, 38 uh, to 24, um, and uh, Utah's going to uh, seal um, their uh, their spot in the Pac-12 title game. 
And uh, uh, frankly, what did I say, Christian? What did I say when Fox said that Utah was not sneaking in the back door? What did I say? You know what you said. I know what you said. I said they, were, they weren't I... going to sneak in the back door because they were going to kick down the front door. Um, like that big insert bird, the yeah. audio. Insert the audio. Uh, Utah is going to get uh, take care of business. Uh, I like Utah, and I like Utah by double digits. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of where Michelle is. Um, as soon as I asked the question, popped up in my head, 34-28 um, Utah. Uh, and Tavion Thomas with two, maybe three touchdowns. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be um, definitely run heavy on, on Utah. Um, maybe, a, maybe a score from Kincaid or um, from uh, Keithy. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be close. So we'll, we'll see how the Pac-12 roundup rounds out. And uh, hopefully our score predictions are pretty accurate. All right, we're here with uh, the real best segment of the podcast, and that is the Socialite Award. Alleged. And yeah, allegedly um, uh, the Socialite Award. We're still working on the branding there. Uh, but still, allegedly the but, favorite. No, definitely the favorite. Allegedly, the name is Socialite. We don't know if it's Socialite one word, Socialite two words. Oh, we're still um, working that. We're, we're working yeah, your, that your people are talking to my people. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll figure it out. But uh, we, we both have our, our teams. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this week, as Christian mentioned earlier, um, it's Thanksgiving. Uh, it's one of the best holidays of the year, um, a day of thanks, uh, a day um, to show how grateful we are for what we have. Um, and we do that best in America by gorging ourselves on food, um, watching football, and then fighting each other. Oh, yeah, not just meat. We have uh, but then meat, also, but... yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also fighting over <clears throat> uh, cheaply priced consumer goods uh, made in China. So uh, the, the day of thanks is here. Um, but my favorite part of Thanksgiving, surprisingly enough, is not the meat, Christian, um, and it would be the sides. Um, there are a lot of great sides. Um, and I don't know how we want to do this, if we want to say pick two sides or just we, we just do the ultimate. I think we just um, do the ultimate. And, and just say, what is the, the best side? Like, like um, you have your turkey, right? Right. That's your, that's your, your main you know, source of, of food. But then like, if you had to pair your Turkey with one other item, you can only have one other choice out of the whole line of sides. What are you picking? Yeah. I think we need to lay a, a little bit more ground rules. So you got, you get the Turkey. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you the rolls. I'm going to give you okay. the rolls. Okay. I don't view the rolls as a side. It's not a side. Um, it's not a side, but it, but it is vi- a vital primary important. sauce. Are we going to throw that on there too? Mm, I don't know. What I want to say if, is if you want it or not. I mean, nobody's yeah, like yeah, it's, saying, it's "Oh there. man, I just can't have, wait to have bucket loads of cranberry sauce with my, yeah. with my food." Yeah, um, but you have the turkey, you have the roll, and I'm going to give you the gravy, um, regardless of whether you go with the mashed potatoes or not. Because you get the gravy, and gravy because you got the turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Uh, pick out one one more side uh, to go with it. And uh, Michelle, we're going to toss that out to you first, ladies first on the pod. Um, one side to finish your meal. What are you going with? So this is what I always love to do. My mom thought I was absolutely out of my brain until she tried it just the other day. But I love mixing vegetables with mashed potatoes. That is my thing. Uh, so it's usually either broccoli and mashed potatoes, or it could be Brussels sprouts and mashed potatoes, green beans and mashed potatoes. Like I freaking love it. I will like make a meal out of that the rest of the year. And that's what I do at Thanksgiving is I mix my vegetables with my mashed potatoes. And you throw that on a plate. (laughs) (laughs) 
And she gets. I need to what figure, she does, out, she gets, to figure out a diagnosis for this disorder that Michelle has right now. Yeah, I think <laughs> the thing is that that rounds this out though. With a Brussels sprout, that's a bigger vegetable. You definitely need a bigger spoon <laughs> to eat that bigger vegetable. Yes. <laughs> you cannot yeah. leave the pod without sneaking it in at least once. No. I love it. No. no. Christian, what are you going? <laughs> so I'm not. I mean, now that Michelle's ruined my my life with that hot take, I like. Yeah, I can't don't knock it till you try it. I'll try it. Oh, I, I'll, I I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Mashed potato. Thanksgiving Day, I'll, I'll mix. I'll mix some veggies in with my. And I'm not like, sure, shepherd's pie, right? You have the, you have the um the ground beef and the and the uh, oh, green bean. Get the ground beef. Blah. I'm just saying, like, it does work with the, but like with your Thanksgiving. Yes, uh, well, I, I can know. put I it, and then you drizzle it in gravy. It's ah. Oh. If so I'm if I'm choosing though, if I'm choosing one side, it has to be mashed potatoes. Finish out the gravy with my mashed potatoes. When I was a kid, I used to go heavy on the mashed potatoes and nope. turkey. And that's what I would take up my plate primarily with. And my mom would like yell at me to get some some vegetables, whatever it was, if it was green beans or if it was um, broccoli or what have you. But I could eat a whole plate of turkey, mashed potatoes, and smother the whole thing with loads of gravy. So if I'm going best side, just mashed potatoes alone. Yeah, and and I, I think that the vast majority of uh, people, Americans, are going to agree with you, Christian. They're going to say, give me the starch. Potatoes. Yeah, meat and potatoes. It's that, that's, that's a saying for a reason. But this, like so many other things, um, the masses are wrong, and you are wrong, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Um, because mashed potatoes uh, are very inherently bland. That's literally, I mean, the potato itself is 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 just very. It's a vehicle uh, for fats. You need butter. You need gravy. You need you know maybe get your salt. You need something else. Mashed potatoes are not very good by itself. But what is delicious by itself and is the absolute best item on the table? At the Thanksgiving dinner, is the stuffing. I knew you but were going to be stuffing, and yeah, it can't just be any stuffing. It needs to be my mother's dressing. Okay, so so let me give you uh, an idea of what goes into this. This is not a stovetop. You know, we 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 pull out the box the night before uh, and, and and get the stuffing ready in the morning. No, no, sir. Uh, my mom starts making the stuffing uh, usually on Monday morning. Uh, she starts that by uh, making cornbread. She makes the cornbread um, and then and then she breaks the cornbread up. So she actually cooks it on cookie trays. So it's very thin, really thin uh, stuffing. Um, and she lets it dry out. So it's got to dry for a couple of days. Um, and then you you go half with a with a breadcrumb, half with a cornbread. So it's not all or nothing. It's you know, you get the you get the, the you know, the, the breadcrumbs, you bread crumb the, or bread chunks, bread chunks, whatever. You know, okay. what? you, know you know what I meant? Bread. I, I, I got to make sure um, I'm a cook. You know that. Yeah, yeah, like Mrs. Cubis in like little squares. Yeah, you know, you could get fancy and uh, get some from Harmon's, let it dry out with you know some sourdough. Um, okay. I wouldn't be opposed to I'm that. I'm, I'm back with okay. you. Now. But uh, but but it really is a week long thing, um, and it really is the best thing uh, at Thanksgiving. It's um, it's a delicacy around our house, and you can throw the rest of the Thanksgiving meal in the trash. Uh, just give me this <laughs> the stuffing. Mom's uh, stuffing. Uh, I do like a little bit of gravy because uh, the stuffing isn't isn't dry per se, um, but it's sometimes it's nice to kind of lube up um, your stuffing lube before up. you so it slides down the throat just a little bit easier. Lube up the meat. meat toucher up wants your... lube. <laughs> oh, you, you don't want to. You don't yeah, look. It's it's not. It you don't want to dry it down your throat you if it's it. dry. You guys are laughing like there's some sort of hidden message. There's not. We're just talking about food here. Yeah. What is... <laughs> well, you guys. there you have it. We'll put it out for the listeners. Um, we are excited for this weekend, excited for Thanksgiving. Michelle Bodkin, once again, wait, wait, thank wait. you. Wait, wait, wait. 
before we end this, I no. think we need to give her a shot at redemption. We we're do. not going to do the full. We're not going to give you the full quiz. We'll just no. give you one question, though, Michelle. No, I've got I've got a couple questions for her. <laughs> oh, 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 do you? Okay, we can okay. we can we can do a a a, a partial quiz mm-hmm. for you. Mini for quiz. Redemption. Mini quiz. Okay. Okay. You ready? <sighs> okay, we'll see how I f this up. Here we go. <laughs> Michelle, at least you you accept it. You accept it. Okay, Michelle Bodkin, what is the one thing you could not live without? Oh, that would have to be Utah football, right? Yeah. Oh, I Otherwise, it. I wouldn't have a job. Like, you wouldn't it. want me on your podcast. Love it. <laughs> Michelle, next question. Okay. If you were a superhero, what superpowers would you have? The ability to read minds. Ooh, it gives me the, the shivers. <laughs> I would not want that. It would <laughs> be really too much going on there. Weird, but I feel like I do that already anyway. So you already have that superpower. Oh yeah, no, I can, I, I can read, I can read spilled tea like nobody's business. Like I, I need to put on my tinfoil hat so you can <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> next question. Okay. If you could listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, no. That's a hard question. I like so many things. A friend asked me today and I, it took me a while, but I came up with one. You had an answer? I did, it was hard. It was very difficult. I said, um, Pink Floyd, wish you were here. That's a good one. Love that song. I will not take that answer because it's your answer, but that is a good answer. Ooh, what would I listen to for the rest of my life? Hmm, do I want to go rock or do I want to go hip hop? For me, hands down, it's it's WAP. (laughs) (laughs) Really? It's a it's a lyrical masterpiece. Again, coming from the guy that just talked about touching meat uh, lube. Stop! <laughs> you're, you're, giving, you're, you're giving me a a, you know, like a, 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 a bad rap. Uh, <laughs> People are gonna be like, "What is this guy about?" Want for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> My children are gonna listen to this podcast in 15 years and think, "What the hell was what wrong? What is wrong with my dad and his friends?" Um, oh man, jeez, what? <laughs> oh, that that is a good. Okay, here we go. Hotel California. Man, come on! I had a rough night, and I hate the fucking Eagles, man. Final question, Michelle. Uh, or the redemption? Big spoon or little spoon? You know how I have to answer this. Like there, there, there is no going back on that answer. I am not a cuddler, but I am an eater. So, so your answer is <laughs> big spoon, so I can fit more in my mouth. I love it, Michelle. Oh. Thank you so much for being here. It was an absolute pleasure once again, and we would love to have you with us one more time, at least. Oh, of course. Again, you know, once you. <laughs> Scrape the bottom of the barrel again. Yeah, like, call me, you have my great. number. It's fine. <laughs> Everybody knows that you're a crowd favorite, a crowd pleaser. Oh, man. Well, thanks for hanging out with us again. Thank you. Thank you everyone, Hi, everyone, guys. If, you, if you've been living under a rock, you can find Michelle Bodkin on Twitter at... At Bodkin247sports. Love it. I'm terrified I had to think about what my handle was. <laughs> it's been a long night. Um... <laughs> And uh, everybody listening at home, be sure to uh, rate the podcast five stars stars only. only. And as always, go Utes. Go
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 